Hello and welcome to In Relation 2. Coming up this week, we had Bridget Lang with us. Bridget Lang is the co-editor-in-chief of the International Relations Review organization. And this was a highly interesting interview that I really urge every one of you to stay tuned in for. We talked about her personal life, her professional development, and I really believe that she gave a lot of insight that will be very useful to every, each and one of you if you're interested in the international affairs world. Enjoy! So here I have with me today, Bridget Lang. Bridget, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. My name is Bridget Lang. I'm the co-editor-in-chief of the International Relations Review, and I'm so excited to share a little bit about what we've been working on this year and also some of my interests. So thank you so much for having me on here. No, it's our pleasure. We are so excited to hear what you have to say to us. Well, personally, I feel, I really feel interested, and I, I hope that our audience will feel the same. I'm sure they will. Because everyone being in the, you know, interested in the field of international relations and politics, I'm pretty sure they're going to be interesting in your experience, which is very, very big for being only in your junior year. So congrats <laughs> about that. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a journey. COVID has definitely set some barriers um, for what I've been able to do. But I'm really excited to be able to share a little bit of my insight as a student um, and, you know, help share my perspective with other students who are in the International Relations Review, but also in the regular IR community outside of VU. Great. That sounds great. So let's begin. So um, what are you studying? Would you like to um, specify for the audience? Yeah, sure. So I am a junior right now, and I'm studying international relations within the Party School of Global Studies. Um, so it's, that's a big decision that I had to make um, before I applied to college. And I decided that actually my sophomore year of high school that I was really interested in studying IR. And um, I actually found the IR major. I searched jobs that you can travel with and I saw um, all the opportunities through the State Department. And so I decided that's really what I was interested in. And now that I'm here, I kind of decided my concentrations within IR. So I am studying European studies and also I'm on the foreign policy and security studies track. So that's a little bit about what I'm interested in, but I found that, you know, even though I am in those tracks, I have a lot of other interests outside of them as well that I like totally did not expect to find, um, you know, while I was at VU. Wow, that sounds interesting. So were all of your interests developed in college or did you have experiences from back in high school, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So I just decided that I was really interested in policy in high school. I did speech and debate. I did Congress, um, if anyone knows anything about that. Um, but I really decided that I was interested in foreign policy through that experience. Um, it was like my first introduction to foreign policy. And um, I really learned that I was interested in what was going on, out, on outside of the United States. Because um, I think that our politics in the U.S. here are really polarized. It's either you're right or you're left. And I was interested in the other perspectives that I could learn about and also bring to the table. So that's kind of how I got interested. And I also joined a club called Girl Up in high school, which was run through the United Nations. And that was something that was really like kind of a life-changing experience for me in, in order to learn about like global feminism and um, gender inequality across the world. So I really enjoyed those two experiences and they kind of helped me prepare myself for college and figure out where I was going to go from there. Okay, that, that sounds like great because you've been involved and you know what you want. Um, so has college, has your college experiences and your degree up to now been everything you've expected um, I think in some ways, yes. And in, in some ways, no. Um, I think I was really expecting to have like a very global experience at BU, which is something that I have found. 
Um, and it's so cool to be in classes with people from all over the world and also to have professors from so many different disciplines and so many different like countries of origin teaching um, here at BU. So I've loved that experience so far. Um, one of the things that I think kind of threw me off, I think COVID threw all of us off a little bit. And there were so many things I was really excited to experience in person and I just didn't get around to, to doing them yet. But Gladly. I am I am a junior, so I still have, have time to figure out and get some of those in-person experiences. So um, just like everyone else, I've, I've had a good time, but we're still working on getting back to, to normal. Yeah, no, I can feel I really do feel that. <laughs> um, so how has your like what have you been involved in in college? Like what are some of the experiences that you consider um, your your best ones, like when it comes to global studies and international relations? Yeah, so I joined the International Relations Review as a freshman. I was a layout editor, and it was something that I like was interested in before college, but I didn't really know how to incorporate it um, into my life. And then I went to a BUYA general meeting, and um, the the editor in chief of the International Relations Review was there, and she was talking about the publication. And I was really, really excited about that, and it sounded like something I wanted to do. Now that I had heard someone talk about it in person. Um, and so I ran up to her afterwards and I was like, please tell me you have open positions. This is something that I really, really want to do. And because the IRR, we do a little recruitment very early on, um, I was put in a layout editor position. And that was something I was like, kind of not expecting, but also prepared to do. I did newspaper in high school. And so I knew about layout, Adobe InDesign, all that stuff. And it was really cool to get to see publication from that perspective. Um, I got to see everything come from the back end and read all of the articles before they were published. So I really enjoyed that. Um, outside of the IRR, I have served on the Barma and Secretariat twice. So that's a Model United Nations conference that we run here at BU. And um, I'm also a part of the BU College Democrats. Um, as I, This year, I'm their treasurer. So that's fun. Not that I'm really good at, at money, but um, <laughs> something that I've taken on. And I'm also a dean's ambassador for the party school. So lots of, lots of things coming together. But my interests have primarily been with international relations. Um, and it's something I've really tried to put a lot of my energy into here at BU. So you've had some pretty good experience with polarization between parties in the U.S. if you're part of the Democrats, right? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. Um, it's, it's nice to have, like, a, a small part of, like, domestic politics, like, a part of my life so I can, like, stay updated and involved with that and then also find stuff within my major um, that I'm interested in as well, because there is so much interaction between them. But I, I love, you know, talking about domestic politics as well. It's something that I did a lot in high school and I have loved to continue on um, with in college. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. So um, is there someone who inspires you in, the, in this field of international relations? I would really like to hear your take on this. Oh, this is such a good question. Um, I had an internship last year with the State Department Um, it was a VSFS internship, and my internship supervisor really, really inspired me. Um, she had a lot of experience in the field of like communications, and I didn't really realize the intersection between communications and IR until later on when I did that internship. And so she gave me a lot of guidance from her own experiences, um, and she also informed me a lot about her experiences um, working in Ukraine. So that internship was in Ukraine, and she was a Ukrainian citizen who like worked with the State Department. And um, it was so interesting to hear her perspective about how the environment of communications and public relations for like NGOs and organizations were so different from here in Ukraine. I mean, from here here in the United States. Um, and so I really appreciated her perspective and like her perseverance um, working in such like a difficult environment 
um, really, really inspired me. So I think she's like one of my recent inspirations. Um, she's done a lot for me. That's great. Do you see yourself working in the field, uh, intertwining communications and international relations? Or do you see yourself uh, towards another uh, career objective in the field? Oh, such a good question. Um, I think that my opinions of like what I am really interested in have continued to change. And I think, but one of the, you know, the overlaying, overlying themes of um, what I've been interested in is communications and IR. And so I think the IRR does a really great job of combining that for me. Um, and that's something that I like hope to continue to expand on in the future. But I've been like thrown, thrown off. Like I've done stuff with economics. I'm not especially good at economics or like know how to do much with it, but I've had some experience there as well. So I'm just staying open to to where, wherever life takes me um, and wherever I'm able to use my skills and learn more. So yeah, so while I do love communications and IR, I know I might end up somewhere completely different. Wow, that that's, yeah, no. I mean, I've been there, done that. I'm taking a science class right now, and I definitely know that I'm not getting involved in astronomy in the future. <laughs> so that I can tell you. Um, so of all the experiences and things you've been involved in, for example, you said that economics is not for you. Is there something in the field of international relations that you feel is not for you, like a track of international relations that you explored and maybe you didn't like, or something about the overall field that you feel like could get better? Yeah. Um, so for me, I actually had a really great conversation with one of my professors about this recently, and it's languages, and that's something that's like very useful in IR, and it's something that I want to get better at. But it's also something that I struggle with. Um, and so I am not the best at languages. I've been taking Spanish for so long. Um, and I'm still I'm still taking Spanish in college. Um, it's just I like know that that's not my strength. And even though it's not my strength, I'm okay with like trying to, to learn more and you know failing in the process. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get better. But um, I would really love to like learn another language and continue expanding. Um, I just like just know that's one of my weaknesses and that's that's okay. I'm going to try to get better and use the resources here at BU and all of the people here to help me um, to try to try to get better at it. Yeah, that's... Are you, are you taking a language? I actually don't have to take a yeah, language. You're, you're out. Yeah, I'm out of it. Yeah, because I'm an international student. I'm from Greece, so that's, that's filled up for me. Um, but I can feel the struggle. I, I used to take German in high school. I can tell you, once I gave the exams, everything went blank. I don't remember a single word, I swear. And I'm just thinking of all the time I spent like like learning the vocabulary and now I I can't even recall a thing. So. Yeah. No, that's that's where I'm kind of getting in into issues with Spanish. I like used to take very fun classes and now they're like, you need to write long essays and I'm I don't know how to do that. So um it's it's an experience. But yeah, language learning is hard. It's not it's not something for everyone. Um, but it is something that is necessary within within the field. So, yeah. are you are you thinking of taking up any other languages other than Spanish? Oh, great question! I've always wanted to learn Russian. I don't know why. I just think it would be useful and also really cool since um, there's a lot of similarities between Russian and other languages. So that's something that I've been wanting to do for um, a while, but I just like haven't found the space or the time, which is which is okay. We're getting there, but. Um, one of my one of my supervisors at my job was telling me that she like takes you know she's she's working professional and she takes language classes after she's done at work or on the weekends like conversationally and she's like learned so many languages through that so that's something I can definitely see myself doing in the future um, for fun. Wow, yeah, that that sounds like <laughs> a good thing to do. I also had I used to have 
Duolingo in my phone. You know, this app where you're supposed to like learn a language, the small steps every day, just some words there and then, um, then and there. Um, so yeah, I really hope you do that. <laughs> you should find the time. Some I don't know if you are able to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, related to, I did. I'd really like to focus. Um, I'd really like to include in this interview um, a small part. To talk, I, I'm sorry. I'd really like to include in this interview a small part of your opinion on some current events, or rather, I'd actually like your opinion on what it, what you think is a current event that is of great significance in today's society. Yeah, I think this is a really great question. Definitely a big question. Um, and I can think of like lots of conflicts and different issues going on within IR, but I think one of the overarching um, issues that we're dealing right now with as a world is misinformation. Um, I think misinformation, especially in the United States, you know, we see things online and then they're taken as, fa- as you know, being a fact. And I think that there's like a responsibility that different companies have to play a role in, such as like Facebook, um, different media companies. But one of the reasons why I think it's the lar- one of the largest issues in IR is because it kind of makes conflicts and, you know, different political um, conflicts worse than they already are because it think it, I think it is polarizing, you know, as we were talking about earlier, um, like, you know, how the United States, like, politics right right now are very polarized. I think that's, like, becoming a global trend, um, you know, between the rise of different, like, political parties, especially in Europe if you're looking at, you know, like, the rise of the far right. Um, so I... I've been keeping an eye on it and watching it develop. It's in the very early stages, but I think it's something as an international community that we can solve um, with like more regulation and better information and um, a commitment from different international organizations to to help out with this. I so agree. Like journalism should, you know, uh, have way better regulations. Although I am tempted to add here, like the issue on, on Poland right now. I don't know if you've heard anything. But they're actually thinking of making some media reforms that will that will basically kind of limit media media freedom. So there's a thin line, you know. I, what I think is that there's a thin line between um, misinf- misinformation and actually harming with providing information and actually limiting the information to such an extent um, that you're not able to you're not able to actually. Um, express your opinion on things. So yeah, I had a very interesting conversation. I through my through my internship last year, um, they like run programs for like U.S. citizens and Ukrainian citizens. Um, and I had a very very interesting conversations about like media and like how much it should be regulated. Um, and I had a, an hour long conversation with this with this one guy who was telling me that um, the United States is like very restricted. Like media is like not free. Um, and it was really interesting to hear his perspective, his perspective on it, because I didn't have the same opinion coming in. Don't know if I'm fully convinced. Um, I think there are a lot of freedoms with with media here. But um, I think the dangers of misinformation are different in each country and like what each country needs to look out for. So it's definitely very like, it's a global issue. But I think that the solutions are maybe more national or localized. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> How do you think the European Union ties into this? Oh, good question. Um, I think I think that they 
I don't know if I have a, quite an answer. You might be able to cut this out in the end, but um, I think that they, like larger nas- international organizations, I don't know how much of a like role that they should or shouldn't have in in this, um, because I do think like I think the problems of like m- like media and like Eastern Europe are so different than like Western Europe, um, and so I don't know if like the European Union should or shouldn't have a role. Do you do you have an opinion as a as a like a citizen in Europe? Uh, you know what? I actually, I, I really don't know. I do know that you can't have one policy for all countries. Every, every country is so different and the problems in each country are different. I mean, in the USA, I'll agree with you. Um, I don't think that there is a lack of freedom in the media and there is a whole, of, whole lot of polarization. But then there are countries in Europe where media could, the, the media could allow some more freedom there. So maybe not restrictive policies there, but restrictive policies elsewhere. So yeah, not a, not a definite answer either. Yeah. To be honest, we're figuring it out together. Yeah, we're figuring. <laughs> that's why we're getting inf- involved in the field. Yes, <laughs> future problems to be solved. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um. So, um, about misinformation, what kind of steps do you think society can make to start overcoming this difficulty? What would you do if you were in charge of actually trying to make change happen? Yeah, um, I keep on going back to this because it was such a good experience, um, but it was online. Um, it was my VSFS internship in Ukraine. Um, I keep on going back to it because, you know, there's been so many impacts from this program. Um, it's called America House. They, like, run a program, um, and they pretty much give information um, and make information available to, like, Ukrainian citizens. And it's stuff that people would have access to on the Internet anyway, but it's very, like, centralized in a spot where people are able to collaborate. Um, there's like books and there's also like lots of resources um, as far as technology. And so I think that having spaces like that are like really, really important because people can go out into their local communities um, and collaborate and like have these conversations about what the role of media is, or they can collect data or they can, you know, attend a program that's informational that will like help better inform them. Um, I think that's like really one of the best solutions. But of course, that's going to be very hard um, considering that, you know, it's we can't get into every single community and there's barriers. Um, so that, that's my that's my ideal solution. <laughs> OK, yeah, no, I mean, language is a barrier. But, yeah. you know, having people trying to solve such barriers is what we need right now. Like, like you, you are doing, for example. Um, but um, yeah, no, that's that's quite interesting. I'd actually like to hear more about this program. Maybe I actually I'm pretty sure our listeners would like to hear more about the program too. Yeah, yeah. So um, the program is pretty much, it's a public diplomacy program um, that it's interestingly run through the par- Department of State, but it's also run um, through a nonprofit called IRIX. And so it's a collaboration and um, the America House, there's like many locations of it through throughout Ukraine. And there's also very similar programs in other countries. Um, but pretty much the goal, it's, it's an American public diplomacy program. And what um, they do is that, like I said before, they distribute information, they host information sessions about, um, you know, how you can go study in the U.S. or about like current events such as like, you know, what is the role of media? What does freedom mean? Um, and so that was something that I didn't know existed until until last year. Um, but it was so amazing to see how many impacts it actually had on people and to see people who attended the programs and how and how they felt about it in the end. Um, and one of my favorite things about it was I in the end, I was taking a public diplomacy class at the same time in the spring, and I got to write a paper about like what I was doing and connect it to like larger American public diplomacy goals. 
um, and also talk a little bit about like how they could be improved um, based on like what I saw and what what the data says. So that was a really rewarding experience getting to like combine my my schoolwork, but also like what I was doing outside of BU. That sounds so cool. I mean, how did you even get to learn about this opportunity in the first place? Oh, such a good question. Um, so I found about like the VSFS internships, which are run through many different federal agencies, but primarily the Department of State um, online. That's where I first heard about it. And um, I was really interested and I put in my application, went through a few rounds of interviews, and then I was rejected. Um, I heard I heard back and I heard, you know, this one, la- this one lady for an office I applied to is like, I was advocating for you. You're just like, we're not a good fit due to the time difference, due to your school schedule. And so I was like, okay, I get it. And so I panicked, started panicking and looking for other things um, that I could do during the school year because I wanted to be involved with something else outside of BU. And then I got an email from um, another program within the VSFS um, network, and they said, hey, we didn't have anyone fill this spot that we felt like would be a good fit. Are you interested? And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this because one of the primary, like primarily one of the things I did was writing blog articles, um, and that which was really fun and rewarding. I just didn't know if that was like, you know, exactly how I wanted to spend my time. I was very confused because I did newspaper in high school. I liked it, but I was looking to expand myself in different ways. Um, and so I was like hesitant, but I took it in the end. Um, didn't know anything about Ukraine, didn't know anything about what America House was or really anything about public diplomacy. Um, and it ended up turning out so well. It was such a rewarding experience. And I have built lots of relationships with people that I would have probably never met, um, even though it was all virtual. So I totally recommend, you know, applying to programs like that. I know the VSFS program has gotten increasingly more competitive. Um, and I think like the fact that <laughs> that I was that I was rejected probably sounds a little bit scary because um, I, I didn't I was like, OK, I got interviewed like I'm good to go. But I wasn't. Um, but there's lots of different programs run through the Department of State. That's just one of them. And I think it is so popular is be- it's because it is online. Um, but I totally recommend taking a shot and applying to it and putting your name in the database because you could be like me and you could get someone to reach out to you in the end, um, even if it doesn't work around work out the first time. Right. Yeah. No. Seizing opportunities is what you need to do. I mean, if you don't seize them in the first place, you have no chance. But if you seize them and you actually apply, then you have some chance. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Do you. So what would be tips you would give to people who are trying to find such good opportunities to get involved in the field? Yeah, I think one of the things that I was confused about, I thought that all of the things I did had to be related to um, direct like directly to what I was studying in school. So I was like, I need to find something that's about Europe. I need to find something that's related to foreign policy and security because those are my tracks. And I really learned that those kind of things, um, you know, having a track, it, I think it's helpful to a lot of people, but it's very, it's, you know, very limiting in a way if you think that all that you do has to be focused in, you know, those areas. Um, you know, specifically for me, I found another opportunity. I'm a communications fellow for the Global um, development policy center here at BU. And they asked me, they're like, would you like to join um, as a communications fellow? And I said, yes. And then the first day that I started working, they said, would you like to lo- work on the Global China Initiative? And I said, I don't know anything about China. I don't know anything um, related to that subject area or even really economics, but I was willing to try it out. So I think just being open to all the opportunities that come and not limiting yourself to a certain um, you know, field or, you know, limiting yourself to like a certain subset 
of subjects, I think is my my best advice because you're going to find so many things that you like that you would have never expected. Okay, that's yeah, that's great advice. Did you hear about all of these opportunities online? Yeah, so I had a few conversations with professors and faculty and administration here, um, but really it came down to doing my own research. Um, I think one of the main ways that I started finding out about this is I, you know, started looking at LinkedIn, um, which is, I think LinkedIn is a blessing and a curse. It's a very easy way to compare yourself to people, which is, which is bad, but it is a good way to figure out more about different opportunities within the field. Um, so I like saw people posting like, oh, I recently got this. And then I went to the, the website and figured out more. So I would definitely recommend like taking your time online and like, Go, like, you know, really filing through content that you see, job postings, um, and seeing what other people are doing in the field as well. Because I think that there are a lot of opportunities that are not well advertised that you can that you can find um, if you just spend a little bit of time. So that's my that's my advice to, to really go through and sit down um, on all different platforms and see what other people in the field are doing and other people at other schools as well. No, I believe that's great advice. I mean, it is how I became host of this podcast, this newly introduced podcast, scrolling through Facebook, writing about, you know, like trying to find opportunities ahead of the ahead of time for when I go to Boston University. So I, I believe, too, that research is super important to getting the right opportunities and actually um, figuring out your ways, th- your way through college. Um, yeah. So how would you say that you managed to get involved in so many opportunities and also um, balance schoolwork. Because you did mention that while you were um, involved with the program VSFS, you also had your courses. And I was just wondering, um, although they did help you, like both of these things were related, were you able to balance them out always? Yeah, this is a great question. It's something I still struggle with, um, balancing things out. Um, one of my, I think my biggest like recommendation to balancing things out is to actually like schedule time that you're going to do schoolwork and schedule time that you're doing um, other things like work in class. Um, because I I didn't do that my freshman year, and then I started doing that my sophomore year, and it made all the difference and allowed me to add more things into my schedule. So like very generally speaking, um, you know, of course you don't want to overwhelm yourself, but if you if you make use of your schedule and Every free minute you have, um, there's a lot of things that you can do and a lot of things that you can fit in. Um, also, I found that a lot of the stuff that I'm doing overlaps and actually like helps me in class. Um, some of the positions that I've had, like such as you know doing this with the IRR, I think I've become a better writer, a better editor, um, and so that's helped me like become more efficient with my schoolwork. I'm, I can become a better writer um, and you know work on my assignments more efficiently. And I think that there's a lot of different opportunities, you know, even if you're not a student um, and, you know, specifically at BU um, or you're not studying IR, there's lots of ways that you can can combine your schoolwork um, with what you're doing outside of school and it'll make you a better student. So that's my biggest recommendation. Thank you for that. We'll keep that in mind. And I also I will also personally be trying the scheduling part because I'm super bad at that. And if you say it's going to be helpful, I'm willing to give it a shot. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can endorse it too much because I think I think it it works for me, but everyone has their own preferences when it comes to scheduling. Yeah. So, but try it out. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Thank you. Um, and so, what are your next goals? 
within the IRR, the IRR and also outside the IRR organization. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to publishing. I think that's going to be something that's super, super exciting, um, having like all of our work, you know, into this one issue. And I've already seen lots of great things happen, like our first podcast episode being released um, and having some of our articles published online. Um, the journal's exciting because it is like one of the more like most integral and historical parts of the IRR since it has been like the main thing that the IRR has worked on for the last 10 years. So combining that with new projects will be a really um, exciting moment to see when we are at the launch party um, and we get to, you know, see all of the hard work that we've done. Um, and I guess for, for me on a personal level, I am very confused about what the next steps are. Um, I don't know if this is in the near future or like the far future, but I would love to work for the government one day. Uh, I know that most people have said it's a very, very challenging trip to get there. Um, so that's why I'm trying to get some experiences in now and trying to figure out, you know, where I fit in and where I can like be of most help or, you know, donate my, I guess, my time and experiences um, to things that relate to the to my specific interests. So um, I'm trying to do that, but I am totally open. I know that after graduation, I probably will be doing something else for a few years before I take the next step and either go to grad school or apply to a government job. But um, those are all things that I'm very open to and, you know, flexible with. I think that's, I've been flexible so far with what I've done, you know, at BU and what I've done um, outside of BU. So I'm like ready for any opportunity that comes and I know that it'll like lead me into a better, better direction. So great. It, it looks like it has turned out pretty well <laughs> thus far. Um, and also, okay, so you said you uh, were willing to give the U.S. government a, a try, right? Like, oh. About the the um, competitiveness. I mean, you would like to work for the government. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is one of my goals. Um, I think it might be like a fa- a far fetched one out of the conversations I've I've had with people. Um, but it's something that I would like to do. So I'm definitely keeping it in mind. Um, and it's really exciting to see other people that I have known through like my internship. Um, and people at BU having like those opportunities. It's like really amazing to see older students getting to do those things and asking them about their experiences because since I'm only I'm only a junior so I'm like w- learning more about what I would like to do in the future and having those people even just around me or as a resource has been really helpful to me no yeah I mean we we always like have to have some goal that we strive towards to so that that sounds amazing I'm I'm just you know I'm just curious because you 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 said you also like the international part of politics, or you would like to get involved in international affairs. That's what I thought. But then I was pretty surprised to hear that maybe you'd you'd like to stay in the U.S. Like, are you maybe thinking of um, getting yourself involved in a government outside the U.S. or is that no possibility? I think I know. I think I'm not closed off to it. I think that um, wherever like I'm able to gain the most amount of experience and whatever new opportunities I'm offered, I would I would love to participate in those. Like, I, I'm totally open to living into a new, in a new country, but also if I end up here, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unexpected. So I, I'm really just letting life take me um, in whatever direction. And when opportunities come up, I try to take them. So who knows where I'll be in like two years. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, that yeah. sounds great. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to our audience today. I think it like this conversation that we had will be so helpful to students that want to get involved in global studies, in politics. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to see where this podcast goes. 
Um, it was definitely like a little idea that Josh and I had, but it's so excited to see a whole team put it into action um, and be able to implement all of like the the smaller ideas that we had and take them even further. So thank you so much for having me. Um, it was super great to be on here today, and I definitely recommend staying tuned um, for the next up episode and all of the upcoming episodes because I think we're all going to learn so much from this. So thank you very much. We would like to thank our podcast director, Lila Redler, a part-time audio engineer, Aunt Pham, script editor, Joel Shapiro, co-editors-in-chief for the International Relations Review, Bridget Lang and Josh Wright and the Boston University International Affairs Organization. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to reach out to us at inrelationto at buiaa.org.